from the Pictures Out There studios. Welcome to the Pictures Out There podcast series with Dave Fogelman and Lee Stewart. Pictures Out There ties the future to the present and is a new approach for vision and action toward a better future. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Welcome back to the Pictures Out There podcast series. I'm Lee. And I'm Dave. Thanks for joining us again. Today, we're going to continue our discussion from our previous segment uh, about a picture relating to money, or as we like to call it, stuff. The addictive need to accumulate material possessions, some of the societal inequities that go with that. So as we sit here discussing this in the year 2021, only 1% of Americans have 38% of the national wealth. Let's think about that again. 1% of Americans possess 38%, more than a third of the entire national wealth. In our view, that represents an untreated addiction. And we glamorize it with shows about Selling Yachts, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or the show Filthy Rich. We think it's a terrible trend for both the volume and balance of consumption and savings that a healthy human economy requires and that a loving and caring society demands. So after the picture that we presented in our last podcast, hopefully that caused a lot of reflection. Uh, with you, our audience, and had you thinking about a lot of things. And today, most of the podcast that we're going to be having today is going to be just around a series of discussion points relative to that picture and relative to the topic. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, One of the things that uh, I certainly thought about while we were creating that picture is that we often talk about uh, our national ideals. And I might add, A lot of the conversation today is going to be from the context of the United States. Our political system that we uh, tend to be very proud of uh, here in the United States has uh, ideals that are the foundation for that system. Our economic system also has ideals. Competition is a wonderful thing and largely unbridled competition. So some of the elements that we described in the picture last week are in direct conflict with some of the current stated ideals where it's okay to compete, it's okay to then use and lever the advantage that you get from having some success or inheriting some success for an uneven playing field. It's okay to then lever that advantage to more advantage. We put sterile sounding labels on it like free market economics. That doesn't sound malevolent, but Too often it turns out to be because one entity, a corporation, one individual, a billionaire, gets more than they need through this form of economic competition. That's the way our system is set up. So what we're proposing is not about what we might call socialism, not about what we might call communism. It's not about the redistribution of wealth. It's just about eliminating, hopefully once and for all, the multitude of problems that is caused by the absurd inequalities of wealth in the U.S. system. 
Now, one of the things, Lee, that I would mention as people are hopefully reflecting on the picture that we shared is the picture we shared wasn't trying to fix everything in our economic system. There's a lot of things that probably need to be fixed and need to be better that we didn't address in our picture. What our picture was specifically about is personal wealth, personal income that people get and basically saying that that ought to be cut off at a certain level. Yes. So one of the things that we're not talking about addressing in our picture is if someone goes out and amasses a huge amount of stock or as a part of the economic environment, one company becomes super powerful or might be heading toward being a monopoly or anything like that. We're just saying that whatever's happening with that and whatever we as a society an American society choose to do with that, it should not be one of the products of that whole process that somebody is amassing inordinately crazy amounts of individual income every year. At the expense of someone else. At the expense of other people. Hopefully you can start seeing some connections between these pictures that we're sharing. But certainly the opportunity to create a more equitable income structure for all people, in this case we're again specifically talking more about all Americans, It allows these other parts of our lives, these other pictures, to shine even brighter. Well, Dave, I think what we're saying here is that when every person, every single person has enough, for me, that's a key word, when we have enough to live a secure and dignified life, a great many pictures shine brighter because the shadow that that monetary disparity casts has been eliminated. So a question Do we think that we're all on this planet and living our lives by the miracle of grace? If you recall from our picture, we talked about both an addiction to money and materialism and an addiction to competition. Particularly on the element of competition, that that raises the question of why we're here. So if someone has the belief that, well, we're basically here to be stewards. We're here to be stewards of taking care of each other. We're here to be stewards to take care of our home, meaning in this case our planet. Or do we believe we got plopped down here and our reason for being here is just to show how competitive we can be. to fight it out. And to win or lose, and there are always going to be losers, and it's just better to be a winner than a loser. Depending on which school of thought you have about why you are here, that takes you down a very different road on looking at money and materialism. Well, we have not earned anything in our opinion, and we do not deserve anything. It's a funny thing, those two words, earn and deserve. Really, they are shallow, rather empty words, but they can do so much harm. What if we were to add an L, taken from the word love, And we took that L and we added it to the word earn. We would end up with learn. Let's look at that other problematic word, deserve. What if we put a hyphen between the E and the S? Then it would be pronounced to de-serve. That becomes an active, aggressive word that actually runs against the notion of grace and living in service to one another. We haven't earned anything. We do not deserve anything. We're here by the miracle of grace. We're merely stewards of that grace to others in our world. Now, I will tell you this topic, along with all of the others, if it sounds like uh, a, a bit of a challenge to you or to other people, 
It's a challenge to us too. And I will tell you that it's an ongoing question or issue in in my life, and I believe Lee would say the same thing, to use this picture to say, well, what am I personally doing toward this on a day-to-day basis? I don't believe that I personally challenge myself nearly enough on the things that we're talking about here, but I know that I should. I try to do better every day, but uh, I, I'll tell you, sometimes it's it's very difficult in the face of what feels like the messaging and the context of the world that you're living in to always go do those things that you know you should individually go do as part of living the life you're meant to live. So understand that with all of this, if if some of this seems like a challenge that we are issuing to you, our audience, it's a challenge that we're also issuing to ourselves. Oh, I feel like I fall short every day. Uh, I have the acquisition bug. Oh, that's a shiny bright object over there. I think that might make me happy. I'll go acquire that. And then the next day I'll go, I didn't need that for my happiness, not in the least. And I might've used those resources in a different manner. So we do stumble. And if we do less than we should or less than we can, we're with you. Just get up and try to do better the next day. And I think one of the reasons that we are are presenting this entire pictures concept in this series is that all of this in terms of uh, becoming the people that we can be and living the lives that we can, those are all made much easier, much more possible when together we agree on a picture of the world and the world as it could be. With that agreement, then, we have reinforcement. We have other people that we care about and love who are in there with us. All of this becomes so much easier with friends and people that you love around you who say, yeah, I believe in that too. Let's go do it. And and none of us feel like we're on an island and making these individual choices, a lot of which feel like they involve sacrifice. Mm-hmm in the short term. Mm-hmm. But again, without some of that sacrifice in the short term, we'll, we'll never get to the long-term promise of these pictures in our dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's. There, there's a few other things we thought would be interesting to talk about in the context of this, and Lee touched on this a little bit, where he talked about capitalism and socialism and the isms, you know, the labels, and they're used as attack points against other people. Again, a lot of these get used really to deflect the whole process of pictures and visioning. Absolutely. Dave, I like to recall uh, something that we may have learned when we were about in ninth or 10th grade, and that was Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Many of our listening audience might remember that lesson as well. Abraham Maslow was a brilliant social scientist of the early 20th century. And he posited that, hey, we have levels of needs, and the most basic level is to do what? To survive. Well, that seems obvious enough. But for me, the level that may exist right above survival is what I characterize. These are not Maslow's terms, mine. What's enough? What is enough? If you feel that you're secure, and if you feel that you're respected, And to use a term that we used previously today, if you can live a life of dignity, that's probably enough, right? Maslow's hierarchy continues on up to the ultimate stage, which is self-actualization, which means really understanding ourselves as spiritual beings in this existence. So what if we all said, you know, I think Maslow was uh, onto something there. 
Let's make sure that we build systems and thinking and philosophies that give everyone enough. Calm and the peace that comes with dignity, with respect, with pride in yourself, and then wanting other people in society and around you to feel that same pride. It's a missing part of life. Yeah, absolutely. If you recall this, we said after 30 years, somebody could still be making a hundred times the amount of income that uh, the person that's making the annual minimum could make. Some of you, I'm sure, are going, you got to be kidding me. Is that your picture? Is that your picture that that somebody could still be making a hundred times? That's crazy. It ought to be 50. It ought to be 10. It ought to be five. And I think that's a healthy debate and a healthy conversation to have. This is one of those, and Lee and I have had some conversations about this, this is one of those where we just kind of picked a spot. And we said, you know, rather than present a picture that's everybody makes the same, which I don't think needs to happen, let's shine a bright light on the absurdity of the way things are right now and make it to where we're going to talk about needing a 30-year transition period just to get to where people are only making 100 times. And we did that intentionally. Yes. To where it's, it's kind of like, really? If, if you can't accept that, <laughs> you're addicted. You're addicted. <laughs> you're, you're addicted to, to either money or to competition. Or to both. Or to both. And I think part of what we would say to someone that has that issue, where they go, I just can't stop. I can't stop competing. You know, to wherever it goes, to whatever excess point it takes me, I can't stop. We would say, you're valuable, you're valuable for so many other reasons than being a victor yes. on this playing field that you're, that you're playing on. You're, you're worthwhile. Yes. <laughs> There's other things that make you valuable besides this addiction that you've got. Well, as we do uh, when we paint a picture, we take a moment to speak to future generations. Hey, guys which is kind of a look back from the future to say, here's how we expect we got to a better place. Well, in this instance of money and stuff and the accumulation of material possessions and the societal inequalities that that generates, we imagine that you agreed to take care of the basics. You probably were committed that you had a responsibility to help And that went with being helped. We imagine that you took the time to properly detoxify those addicted to hoarding money, just as Dave just said. That's an acknowledgement. Hey, you have worth. You have value in other ways apart from just being a victor. Now, here are some of the things we suspect that you had to overcome. Addiction to competition, as we've stated. An addiction to playing on an uneven field when there was competition. And very clearly, an addiction to I and not to we. Yeah, this is where some of our pictures start coming together, right? Where we had the picture on minimizing violence. And we talked about in that context how there often is an inclination to choose your weapon. And in that same, because I'll be more likely to win if I get to choose the weapons we're going to fight with. And very much uh, on the battlefield of money, Mm -hmm. 
the same principle frequently takes place where it's like, no, the first thing you want to do is to create an uneven playing field. Yes. Why would I want to compete on the battlefield of money with an even playing field? I want to win. Right. Why why wouldn't I make it as uneven as possible? I need to set up a system that benefits me. Toward my advantage. And so, you know, one of the things that we think you all solved was just that doesn't over a long period of time do any of us any good in the same way violence doesn't and we're just going to go solve that yes we think that uh you all no doubt in the future have solved all of this you have come up with some kind of approach or system like the one we described in our picture or potentially something that's even more aggressive toward equality and lifting everyone up so uh, congratulations on that we're very happy for you That's part of what we were hoping to do with these pictures in a bottle that we're sending out to you in the future. But again, you uh, challenge us with the question back. Okay, people in the present, why was this so hard? Why was this so hard for you to solve? We've solved this. We've taken this to a different place. We don't understand why this was so hard for you to to go solve. Yes. And we're going to have the repeat reason of fear. That's the answer we give you frequently. Uh, Fear that comes from us internally or fear that we get from messaging. And lots of times the the reason why is we, uh, a lot of us just did not care about the present or people that were outside of our community. And we were so in the immediate of our own lives that we really and sadly didn't care or have much concern about you guys. Yeah. We didn't. We well, didn't. The future, huh? it'll take care of itself. That's not my yeah, responsibility. That's their problem. That's part of what's going on here. And uh, and also, ironically, just a, a, a lack of concern about our own legacy and the notion of how you're going to be perceived by the future. And as we're having this conversation with you, I'm sure you're you're going, well, yeah, but God, didn't you guys know that you would seem barbaric to us? You would just look like you just didn't care. You would, you would really kind of just let people starve when you had the means to not have them starve, mm-hmm. let them be homeless, let them not get health care? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you know that that's how we would view you? Mm-hmm. Did that not matter at all? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, for a lot of people, it's, the answer was no. no. It just didn't matter. No. Caught in the present. Caught in the present. Well, that concludes our picture discussion about money and stuff. And I'm going to close this with a reading of a song lyric that's called The Race of Love. The race for me is over and done. Race of love has just begun. The race is on to get ahead, rise above, make a buck. Land first with a privileged bump. Love the boost, abuse your luck. To stay ahead, end on top. Pat your back for being smart. You earned it, deserve it. Crash the mass and be a part. Well, that race is off. Yeah. Rise above that muck. Share that success stage. Spread inherited luck. Level the play field. Open opportunities gate to broaden and heighten so the door isn't open too late. The race for me is over and done. The race of love has just begun. Just get one life, but don't live it till we give it away. The race of love. Just get one life, but don't live it till we give it away, the race of love. The race of love takes time. The race of love is inconvenient. 
The race of love can be a nuisance. The race of love may not be worth it. The race of love may get you dirty. The race of love may ruin schedules. The race of love may take some effort. The race of love takes time. Love is all, love washes the world. Love is all, love washes the world. The race for me is over and done. The race of love has just begun. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining our podcast today. For more information about Pictures Out There products, services, and communities, or to contact us, please visit us at picturesoutthere.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the handle at PicsOutThere. You can also find us on Facebook. Please join us for our next podcast. We hope you have the day of your dreams.